In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes in order to give our jobs meaning and worth and value because he's given them to us and because he's called us to understand what they are in his kingdom. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what do you do? It's kind of one of those questions that comes up uh, a lot of times with a lot of different people, no matter who you are. You know, e- even if you're a student, this kind of comes up in terms of like, well, uh, what's your major? Because people want to know, hey, what is it that you do? What fills up your time? And so even if you feel like, hey, I have a hard time answering that, a lot of times you can answer that question by, well, hey, these are the things that I do on a regular basis. And you can say, okay, well, um, and that's why I had you practice this with one another just as we were getting together, kind of talking about what you do, just using verbs, not using your title. So you're not able to say, hey, I'm a pastor, or you're not able to say, hey, I'm retired, or you're not able to say whatever it is that you would normally say in that, because you were forced to say, well, this is actually what I do. This is the thing that I normally put all of my effort and my energy into. And, you know, whatever that is, that's partially, at least, your vocation. Your vocation is this really kind of big concept. And a lot of times we just narrow it down. We narrow it down to the sense of vocational school, where if you go to a vocational school, you're there to learn a specific skill. Oftentimes you're, you're there instead of going to college. You're there in order to... Earn that skill so that you can go out and you can do a job. But really, the concept of vocation is so much bigger than that. Vocation means calling. And so you hear in the word, uh, voca, the, the same thing that we hear in a vocable when somebody says, hey, I'm going to pass you the ball. Or something else like that. This concept of vocation is so much bigger than just, hey, this is what you do for a living. It's, this is what you're called to do. And I've heard plenty of people say, well, I'm not called to do anything. That's just you pastor types. (laughs) You you know, you're you're called. I'm not called. Well, that's an error. Because we're all called. We're all called in, in, in fact, multiple different ways. And when we're called in those multiple different ways, usually we, we kind of come up with names for them. And so we, we come up for names for our vocations, even if they're, they're not sort of regularly given names. So, you know, uh, I, I can say that, that I'm a father. And that tells you something about that vocation. I can tell you that I'm a husband, and that tells you something about my vocation. I can tell you that I'm a pastor, and that tells you something about that vocation. I can tell you that I'm a Christian, and that's a vocational statement as well. But the problem with all of those statements is that oftentimes the real meaning behind those vocations gets completely lost. Because we think that that says everything about who it is that we are. But we know people... Well, that, that are bad fathers, and we know people that are bad husbands, and we know people that are bad pastors, and we know people that are bad a whole lot of things. And so that can't just mean everything. There, there has to be something in there that differentiates some stuff. And so we have to start talking about what it is that we actually do. I mean, this for pastors, for my tribe of people, 
in my vocation is frustrating. We have this word that is pastoral. And I, I heard, I started hearing this being kicked around while I was at the seminary, and they would say, well, he's a very pastoral guy. And I was like, what on earth does that mean? Because it doesn't have any meaning in itself, any inherent meaning. That inherent meaning has to be supplied. It has to be supplied by our actions. It has to be supplied by what we do with that vocation. And quite honestly, there are many different kinds of fathers. There's many different kinds of husbands. There's many different kinds of pastors. There's many different kinds of whatever it is that your vocation is. And so to just say, hey, this is kind of this big grouping, oftentimes is kind of lazy. And laziness is kind of the enemy of the gospel. Because laziness allows us to kind of scoot away from needing the gospel. Laziness allows us to say, well, I'm just kind of there. You know, I'm a pretty good person. I don't need the gospel. I don't need a savior to come and die on the cross for me. Because I'm pretty good. I'm I'm just kind of over here in this vocation. Just, you know, general pastoral guy. General father guy. General husband guy. That's who I am. But if you you start digging into it, that's when you really start going, hey, I, I, I kind of do need the gospel. Because here's what I try to do as a husband. Here's what I try to do as a father. Here's what I try to do as a pastor. Here's what I try to do in whatever it is that your vocations are. Here's what I try to do as a Christian. Here's what I try to do as a citizen. And then when you get into that, you start feeling the law. And you start going, oh man, I didn't know that this was so hard. And that's when you're getting ready for the gospel. Because you see, the gospel comes when you start going, hey, I need a savior. Hey, I I need somebody to save me. The enemy of the gospel is the lazy, self-righteous, hey, I'm pretty good. I, I, don't, I don't really need all of that, thank you very much. And nobody is an enemy to the enemy of the gospel like John the Baptist. I mean, that dude. That guy does not let anybody get away with anything. That guy is also very clear about his own vocation. He's like, hey, this is what I'm called to do. I am called to sit by a river, to yell at you, and then when you repent, to yell at you some more. And I'm going to eat bugs and honey, and that's going to be okay. I'm going to be free in that because I'm doing my job. John the, John the Baptist is a specific dude. He's like, don't, don't tell me that you're sons of Abraham. Lazy. Tell me what's going on with your life. Specific. And so there's all of these people that for some unknown reason are coming to John the Baptist and they want to be beat up by a crazy man. I mean, if you look in the bulletin, that's a great picture of John the Baptist because he looks like a crazy man. He looks like a guy who's had one too many locusts. 
But they're coming to him and, and, and they're like, hey, uh, so now that we got baptized, John, what do we do? And I wonder if they're kind of hoping like, well, you got baptized, you're good. Right? Yeah, you're, you're fine. Just go back, you know, be a horrible person. But John the Baptist doesn't do that. He's like, hey, well, let's get real specific here. And, and so we're, we're going to do this kind of backwards. And, and so the, the soldiers come up to him. And the soldiers are like, uh, hey, John, uh, what, what, what do we do? And John says, hey, stop extorting people. Be happy with your wages. And they go, oh, well, I, I was hoping that you were going to say eat cake, but I guess stopping extorting people is okay too. And the tax collectors, hey, don't, don't take any more than, than what you need. You know, don't take any more than what is right. I think we're kind of blessed with an IRS that for the most part does that. You know. <laughs> At least it puts it on us to rob ourselves by filling out this intricate form. But he's like, hey, don't, don't take extra for yourself. Just do your job. And your job is this. Your job is to collect taxes. Your job is to be a soldier. And then other people come to him, and this is sort of more of a general civilization thing. They're like, hey, what do we do? And he says, well, you got two coats? Find somebody who doesn't have one. You got some extra food? Find somebody who doesn't have food. Start looking at the world as a place where you're going to serve. Start looking at your life as a life in which you're going to serve. And get specific about it. Because, uh, you know, John doesn't say to the tax collectors, hey, you should stop extorting people. Because that's not what the tax collectors are doing. John doesn't say to the soldiers, hey, you should not collect any more taxes than what you should because soldiers don't collect taxes. So you have to figure this out for your own vocation. You have to figure out who you are. And that's difficult sometimes. But it's important. And it's specific. Because here's the problem. If you notice what's going on with all of the people in this story is that they've gotten lazy. They've said, hey, I'm a soldier. Hey, I'm a tax collector. Hey, I'm just a normal guy. And when they get into that lazy realm of, hey, this is just who I am, they're able to start to fool themselves into thinking that their job is about them. They're starting to think, hey, I'm a soldier. And as a soldier, I have weapons. I have buddies. I can extort people because I have all of this stuff. That's what my job is all about. The tax collectors say, hey, I have the Roman authority behind me. I have all of the things that I need to have in order to get money out of people. And I can just get a little bit more because this, is, this job is all about me. It's all about what I can bring in. And the general people that are asking him, hey, what should we do? Everybody's like, hey, this is about amassing as many tunics as I can. This is about keeping myself well fed. And isn't it interesting how when you get lazy, things start turning in on yourself. And so, for your vocation, 
If you get lazy about it, there's probably an opportunity for it to turn back on you. If you're a student in here, I know it's just about finals time. If you're a student in here, the, the lazy thing that you can do is to say, hey, my job is to get A's. So that I can climb up the ladder, so that I can look good, so I can get a job. But that's not your job. Your job is to learn. Your job is to prepare yourself for what is about to come. It's not to get A's. If you're a faculty member in here, your job is to teach, is to prepare. It's not to raise up in terms of tenure. It's not to raise up in terms of what you can get, how much money you can amass but it's so that you can use your intellect and share that intellect with other people so that they can be better prepared as they go out into the world. If you're somebody here who has a job where you just feel like, hey, I, I don't do much with my job. My, my job is just sort of, I'm a, I'm a cog in the system. Even you can get specific. You can say, hey, this is, this is what I do. This is who I serve. And that's the important thing to remember in all of this, is that this is about who you serve. And here's kind of the amazing thing. You would think that the Christian answer to all of this is, who do you serve? God. Right? But that's actually kind of not very precise. I mean, sure, in sort of a big picture way it is. But God doesn't need you. He doesn't. God doesn't need you to be a good student. God doesn't need you to be a good professor. He doesn't need you to be a good whatever it is you are. But God has placed you in a situation where you can be good for other people. And that is what vocation is all about. And we see that perfectly and clearly in the one whom John foretells. John says, you think I'm clear about my mission? My mission where I get to stand on the side of this river and I get to call you to repentance and I get to say, hey, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee? There is one coming after me whose clarity of mission is so much greater than mine. He is coming to baptize you with fire and with the Holy Spirit. He is coming in order to bring about a resurrection. He is coming to bring you into the kingdom of God. And his name is Jesus. And he is clear about who he will be for you. He is also clear about how, who he won't be for you. It's interesting, John the Baptist also does that. Uh, all of the people are like, hey, um, maybe this is kind of the guy. And John the Baptist immediately goes, nope, not my job. I am not the guy. I am not the Christ. But he is coming. And he will have the clarity that we need 
to do this. He will have the clarity to withstand the blows of Roman soldiers that are beating him. He will have the clarity to call repentant tax collectors to him and eat in their houses. He will have the clarity to bring all people together in a resurrection where they will have the forgiveness of sins. And that is good news for us. And so as he is clear in his vocation, may you this week find clarity in yours, knowing that the ultimate clarity, the ultimate mission of your life has already been won. You have been made completely righteous. You have been made completely clean. You have made completely ready for the one who comes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so go out and find some clarity in the little corners of the vocations that he has given to you. Amen.